Welcome back to another episode of Content That Grows. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Natalie Marco Tulio. Natalie is the Head of Growth and Operations at Novatic, which is an interactive demo platform. There, she uh, focuses on helping SaaS companies give their prospects a better buying experience. She has background in SEO and digital marketing for B2B sales and marketing SaaS companies. Over the years, her focus has shifted to full funnel marketing, go-to-market strategy, and improving the digital buyer experience. Natalie, excited to have you with us today. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So jumping right in, um, would love, you know, Novatic is a company that offers interactive demos uh, or a platform so companies can offer that. And so uh, I think in your role, you obviously spend a good amount of time thinking about the value of, of interactive demos. So what would you say are some of the like obvious and non-obvious um, points of value that people get when they invest in a platform like this? Yeah, definitely spend a lot of time thinking about this. But I think um, for obvious, I think the biggest one is just like you're getting more eyeballs on your product, right? It can never hurt to have more people see what your product does, see its value. We've seen data that like a traditional book of demo CTA has about like two to 3% conversion rate on a website. And even like a PLG free trial freemium has about like four to 6%. So if you think about it, that is a very small number of website visitors that are actually getting to see your product or its value um, yeah. versus we've seen about like a 30% engagement data with interactive demos. So really it's just like more eyeballs to understanding what you do is I think the main obvious one. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, any non-obvious ones that uh, maybe people wouldn't think about, but since you're in it so much, you, you've kind of picked up on. I think two main ones. First is actually internal training and understanding, right? Like if you have different mm -hmm. interactive demos for all the different product lines, suddenly everyone on your comp in your company has a place they can go to to understand, okay, the value, consistent pitch, narrative of what that product does. And we often see a lot of teams when they release an external facing interactive demo will also release an internal one for training. Um, so mm -hmm. really just like better cohesiveness as far as messaging across different departments. And then I think another non-obvious one is just developing trust with your prospects. Like mm -hmm. they will view you as more of a forward-facing, like trustworthy potential really partner, right? Like you're saying from the beginning, it's like, we have so much faith in our product, we're putting it upfront on our website so you can see it. So I feel like prospects are just like a little less at ease when they get into that first demo call because they, they know what they're signing up for. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, the stat you shared, you know, um kind of average conversion rates on demo requests, average conversion rates on, you know, a free trial or a free sign up. Um, it definitely tracks with with my experience and some of what I've heard from you know, industry averages. Uh, and I think that's, you know, certainly an area that has been talked about a good amount is just sort of this 90 some percent of your of your traffic is not signing up. And obviously no one should expect 100%. Uh, and if you do have 100%, then you have probably very, very little traffic. But um, it's, it's interesting to hear the 30% stat. Uh, so is that like across all kind of like all of your customers or is that kind of what you see with yours specifically? That we pulled, we did a big report last year to stay the interactive product demo yeah, and okay. that was our top performing customers and those who put it on their website and specifically like in, you know, a main place. Like if you have your demo buried in a corner of your website, I can't promise a 30% engagement, but sure. those for those who did have it embedded on a landing page in a prominent spot. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I think that's still interesting though, to have a more realistic, like maybe 20 to 25% Delta, um, 
versus thinking like, oh, there's 90 some percent of people that that aren't viewing our product. Like there's all, you know, careers and, you know, people looking up all kinds of, of different reasons that people come to your site that aren't intent. Um, so that's helpful to kind of hear there's like this maybe 20 to 25 percent that you're missing out on without having the, the interactive demo. Um, so you mentioned, you know, not burying it in the corner of the website. That totally makes sense. Um, but we'd love to understand like some of the other effective ways companies get the interactive demos in front of prospects. So obviously you think, you know, top of your homepage is probably a pretty obvious one. You know, what else might you add to that? Yeah, I'd say for websites to start, it's really yeah, embedded top homepage, embedded on specific product pages, embedded on specific use case pages. Um, or another common one is almost like a secondary CTA. So you might have primary CTA, book a demo, free trial, secondary one is take a product tour, and that will open full screen up and do an interactive demo. That kind of gives you a little more, if you do want like, okay, really immersive experience, um, we typically recommend that one. We've also cool. seen customers using it in ads, in outbound emails, in you know, blog posts, conferences, really any place that you would think like, where can I put a product video that you're kind of traditionally used in the past, you can mm -hmm. add in an interactive demo instead. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And especially, yeah, the like the ad click, you know, when you're paying for that, um, seems like a really smart use case for that to um, not just hope they read the the headline and maybe look at a couple product screenshots or like you said, watch a, a product demo video. Um, like it's just, you know, from the experience I've had with, you know, onboarding and activation and all that, it's so... It's so hard, like every person has a little bit of a different, you know, I wanna just see if it can do X or um, we need to make sure it can do, you know, Y. And like, that is really hard to button up in a 60 second explainer video, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool, uh, especially on the ad side, like I said, since you're paying for that traffic, um, just to ideally get better immersion, build that trust, like you said, and just get, get more from that. I think too, a lot of times, like when I think about when I'm on LinkedIn, like I'm not there necessarily to stop and take a demo or stop instead of a free trial. Like I'm there probably right. slightly ignoring doing work, but trying to learn things. Yeah. So it makes more sense that I might be open to, okay, I might take a, like a 30 second interactive demo versus I'm probably not scrolling on LinkedIn in the mood to like take a full on demo. So it's kind of a nice, like we call it like almost medium intense CTA. Yeah, totally. And I feel like, um, at least I, work this way I'm sure others might too like it even feels like something you could just kind of click on open it up in a new tab and then like yeah later on in the day or uh you know whatever watching tv at night or whatever just kind of like go back to the tab and click through the the uh the demo a bit more then too seems like a an easier thing versus like you said the commitment of requesting that demo or I don't want to start a trial now. I'm about to go on a week vacation. That'll eat in a week of it. You know, any of that kind of stuff. It kind of works against you there. Exactly. And we recommend that these things be short. Like, they really should be, like, 30 seconds to a few minutes, depending on how many use cases you're showing. So yeah. it also shouldn't be something like, it shouldn't be, like, a 10-minute long explainer video either where it takes more than, like, 30 seconds to go through it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so... I think, you know, given that you have experience in SEO, I'd love to kind of um, talk through that a little bit because 
um, you know, OpenView shared great data on um, how impactful like SEO still is for PLG companies. Obviously, a lot of PLG companies are going to be um, users of an interactive demo and kind of leaning into that, or just you know any company kind of building that that PLG motion. Um, so I'd love since you have the SEO background and and just broader you know digital marketing, like some of your thoughts on what makes that combination of SEO and like interactive demo really powerful, like how, you, how else you can use it. Like some of that stuff would be really uh, interesting to hear your perspective. I think what makes it powerful is the fact that when you're going through a blog post, like especially top of funnel blog posts, I think it's notoriously super hard to convert on those, to like move them down the funnel. And it's a way that you can show them your product and start just like educating them slightly without needing to necessarily Again, get them into a free trial, get them into a demo. Like it feels like not a lot of work on the prospect, but you are at least kind of moving them in the right direction. Yeah. I always give the example of, and they don't use interactive demo, but Ahrefs, I think, did such a great job of kind of first pioneering to like, let's include blog posts. Let's make blog posts that have screenshots of our product in it. So if you're mm. just Googling like how to do keyword research, Ahrefs will always have images of, you know, doing keyword research in their tool in that blog post, but it's not pushy. It's just like, hey, you wanted to see how to do it. Like this visual is actually probably more helpful than yep. writing it all out. Um, so I think that's, we've seen customers do the same thing where they've embed many interactive demos. For example, one of our customers on plan, their financial planning, they had a blog post on like forecasting. And so instead of again explaining like, this is, and this is how you do it in our product, or like this is how you would go through the motion of setting up a forecast, they just create a little interactive demo embedded it into the actual blog post. Yeah, very cool. Um, I love that. Can you, so thinking about that example there um, where you create a specific interactive demo kind of for that one use case, um, do you have any insights on kind of like how long that usually takes to to like go from nothing to ready to ship or embed an uh, interactive demo? Yeah, especially if you're doing a short one for a blog post, right? Like we would say that one really should only be like 15 steps max, 30 seconds max. You want to show one very specific feature. That's probably going to take like an hour to make. And I think the longest time is actually that planning phase, figuring out like mm. what parts of the product do I want to show? What do I want to say? The actual building, and I build these all the time, so... I promise I'm not just making this up. It takes like about like 20 minutes to an hour, just depending on how long it is or how polished. But yeah. really the hardest part is what we hear from customers all the time. It's like, what do I want to say? What do I want to show? What copy do I want to use? Just like fine tuning the planning aspect. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So then that really starts to unlock some interesting stuff. Kind of going back to what we said about the paid stuff, like, you know, you're not just dumping people into a sandbox that's wide open or you know forced to pick from video but you can actually kind of tailor some of those to different pain points that you're running ads on or like you said you know some of the different blog posts be able to kind of pull that through and show in a much deeper level than just the the screenshots and i think one thing i've loved about building them and i was actually a customer first is it's also all marketing owned like you don't need a freelancer to go make the videos you don't need dev work to help set up the sandbox like it's all no code um, so I think that also helps you just experiment a lot faster and like be able to add these to blogs versus even if you did want to create like obviously a PLG or a small free trial or like just a free trial of a specific feature that would take a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other ways 
that folks are kind of combining that with um, content marketing, like the, the interactive demo experiences that, that we didn't cover? Yeah, I think the biggest is just like a, another CTA. I kind of mentioned that, but you could have literally have it as like right at the end of the blog post versus book a demo, just a CTA that says like, see it in action. We've seen some customers just have like a constant sticky CTA at the top of the blog post where it says like, you know, ready to see it for yourself, try an interactive demo. And I think similar to the LinkedIn ads example, like it just makes a lot of sense there. Like when I'm on a blog post, again, I'm probably not in the mood to go buy or take time. Like I'm learning, I don't want to break that workflow. So it's a lot easier just to like, as you said, click on the interactive demo, put in a new tab, view it later. And it's not like breaking what I'm the workflow I'm currently doing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think that's a smart, um, would love to also just share, like, um, we talk a lot about measurement and, you know, in the, the final four questions, we'll also just kind of talk about how your company measures content. Um, but how, how does like measurement of interactive demos play into like, you know, your typical, like requested this many demos or you know, got this many free trials started this month? Like how are your customers thinking about the metrics around that? Is it amount of time that's in there or just, you know, engagements and you know, how, some of that? Main thing is conversion rates. So I think of interactive demos just like any other channel. You're ultimately driving people to book a live call or a free trial. So you can embed yeah. CTAs throughout interactive demos. So really yeah. the main thing, yes, you want to first measure like drop-off rates, engagement rates, make sure people are interested in your demo. Same thing that you'd maybe see like with a LinkedIn ad. First, you're going to look at impressions. So are people enjoying it or is LinkedIn serving this ad? First, you just want to make sure there's getting eyeballs on it, but then you yeah. really want to focus on optimizing for conversions as much as possible and are people yeah. you know, ultimately converting to a live call from it. Yeah, okay, cool. And I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here by asking you about random metrics, but um, have, uh, have you seen any consistent lift in the conversion rate from like a free trial to paid or demo to paid when they've done the interactive demo first? Yeah. So you're saying like bottom funnel, like they, they've done the demo, they did a free trial. Is there a lift and paid? Yeah. Because they did the demo versus maybe someone who found a free trial button somewhere else and just signed up. Um, like any, any like of the Delta there and conversion to paid improvement. Yeah. I think a good one to call out is our customer trainual. So they did an AB test against a video before they were serving, before people signed up for free trial, a video, they switched it with an interactive demo, and they actually saw like a 100% increase in that free trial to paid. I know that doesn't awesome. sound real, like when I heard that, <laughs> I was like, you're making that number up, um, but we did get to see the real stats. Um, and there is a pretty cool playbook that Mutiny put out, because they use Mutiny to do that A-B test, if you want to see mm -hmm. exactly how they ran that playbook, and A-B tested a demo versus a video. Yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, we are trainual customers at 10 speed. So I think I actually remember seeing some of the stuff about that. Um, cool. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where my mind went was like, exactly that, like, yes, you still do the demo or you still do the trial. But when you've seen it's, it's like talking to someone who's been like, Oh, yeah, I've I used your product at a, at a prior job. And like, you just like the odds of conversion are so much higher because they already have seen the product a bit more or like confirmed it can do what they needed to do. Um, 
So that was kind of my assumption, but that, yeah, that's a great stat. And I'm sure not all of them are hundred percent lift, but, um, certainly, um, you know, a similar case there where maybe a, an average trial to paid subscription is maybe about 10%. Um, and so you know, any lift there, again, you have some sort of, uh, opportunity to, to really be able to, to increase that. So, um, yeah, that's very cool. I mean, that's what I love about um, the interactive demos. And I did talk about a bit uh, recently with Andrew Kaplan as well. It's just like, um, it does feel pretty innovative uh, in how the, the um, prospects can engage. And, you know, like the free trial was incredible uh, in, the, in the early days of SaaS. And that felt like a big deal to be able to try the product um, for free. But um that I think the the appeal of the free trial wore off in a lot of ways and people understand what it is. And this really seems to be a nice big step in that next direction. And um, I think you did a good job outlining different ways that it impacts marketing and the ways you can use that across blog posts and ads and uh, various things. And just also some of the value people get. Um, anything else you wanna add on interactive demos uh, or you know, how that interse intersects with marketing before we shift over into the final four? No, I just wanted to touch on your point a little bit because I do think it is sure. a really interesting one where like free trials, it used to be so innovative, like such a mind-blowing idea. You didn't have to necessarily talk to a sales rep. But I actually joined Nevada because I was at a company that had a free trial and we just like could not for the life of us get users to activate. I think ultimately it was just like a pretty technical product for a non-technical audience. And it was just such a great feeling as a marketer. I kind of touched on this before when I was like, oh, now I can own this asset. Like I don't need to wait yeah. a month for a sprint cycle. Um, so whether it's, you know, demos, gifts, videos, whatever, I think just as marketers finding ways that we can show the product a little more upfront without always being reliant on product and engineering was like a big yep. game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And one of the other things that uh, I think I touched on with, uh, with Andrew, um, relating to that point, it's just like, there, there's so many websites that they don't like, most companies don't just take a screenshot of the product and put it on the website. There's some amount of design to change it or obscure it a little bit or like polish it in some way. And then like some people go as far as like, it's not actually showing the product at all. It's like an illustrated uh, version of it, um, that creates that, that big point of like, I actually don't know. And like, I've, I've certainly had some free trial experiences. You may as well, where like, it looks pretty good. And then you actually start the trial and you're like, this product looks terrible, um, compared to how it actually looked, you know? And so there's sort of that, like, it, it's the opposite of what you said. It's like, it's eroding the trust, um, versus building the trust. And so, I think there's um, some really, really powerful aspects to that, that you really can um, show what it's like, you know, right up front, make it really easy, build that trust, like you said. Yeah, I've definitely had that free trial experience or just like maybe a website looks amazing and the marketing's brand is awesome. And then it's always so disappointing when you get into the product and you're like, oh, this, this beautiful <laughs> no. brand design did not carry over into the product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, I will, um, shift over now. It, it is really, um, appreciate you going 
pretty deep on, on the interactive demo stuff. Um, so uh, these are just the same four questions we ask every guest at the end, um, get a lot of, of great perspective. Um, so, you know, for um, Nevada, like what's a recent success or, or learning that you'd like to share? This isn't that recent, but just I think we were getting the outcomes from it recently. Um, but I think a big one for us was public facing pricing. So sort of mm. in that same vein of building that buyer trust. I think so often when you hear public facing pricing, you might think like, yes, like that does build buyer trust. We might get, you know, faster deal cycles, but we're, we're going to lose out on leads. And a really interesting learning that we've been hearing is if there's no pricing, there's going to be an assumption that's really expensive, especially like we tend mm -hmm. to have some pretty expensive competitors if they talk to them first. So we actually saw leads increase once we added pricing because suddenly people are like, oh, it's not like five X what they assumed it would be. Um, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting learning. Like don't always assume leads will cut or pricing will cut down on leads. Leads might be assuming with no pricing. It's like, this is way outside my budget. Yep. Yep. That's great. Um, so for your company, kind of what role does content play in the overall strategy? So SEO is still one of our main like lead gen channels, but I think I don't think about it as much from a form of, yes, we have a few for like really niche, high performing keywords, but I think of a little bit more for repurposing and for enablement. So we use blogs a lot of times that will get insights from customers are asking questions or prospects, and then we'll create this blog post and then I'll publish it on LinkedIn. Kind of like the way I do content planning is I write a really detailed outline, pass it to the writer, almost take that outline I made, clean it up a little bit, make it a little, I don't know, more LinkedIn friendly, add some fun intro. And those do really well for us as far as our LinkedIn strategy. Yeah. I was surprised because I was thought it was going to be way too bottom funnel, but it's been really helpful, not just creating content to use during the sales cycle, but also repurposing on LinkedIn. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Um, how does your company define success for you and your team? So we are measured. We're like, we are mostly an inbound shop. So really it's like pipeline opportunities are the main ones. And even SEO, everything rolls up into like all different channels that's still measured on pipeline and ops. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity for you, opportunity is like sales accepted opportunity or, you know, kind of what yeah, point does sales that accepted count opportunity. for you? Yeah. Cool. Um, and then lastly, what's your least favorite marketing conversation happening in social channels right now and why? I think I, I kind of see this in social channels. I more just see it like happening is companies using AI as a differentiator, but it's almost not a differentiator anymore because everyone's doing it. Like, I feel like recently, 90% of the SaaS websites I go to, their H2 is now AI powered, now with AI, yeah. something like that. And it's really cool that people are doing innovative stuff with AI. I have no problem with that, but it's more just like the need to tack it onto your H2, I just find very funny because suddenly it seems like every website has it. Yeah, or it's like uh, meat, whatever, and they've like mm -hmm. given it a name. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's a good point. We've had a lot of folks answer that question. It's just like AI in general. Um, but I think a little bit more around the hype side of it. And I think that's a great point that there certainly has been that ramp up and, um, sort of the, um, I don't want to call it copycat, but like everyone feels like they have to have something AI to compete. Um, so I, I do think that that's um, interesting because yeah, it's I feel like on LinkedIn stuff, there's a lot of 
announcements about the new AI feature or whatever has kind of been like happening a lot. And I think one reason it's can be a little frustrating is if you're using adding AI to your product to really improve a workflow, to make my job easier as a marketer or whatever, like that's awesome. But it feels like a lot of companies are kind of just trying to like checkbox it and adding mm -hmm. in chat GTP versus like really thinking about that might take a little longer. So you can't announce as fast, but like how could I use AI to really improve my customer's workflow versus just like, oh, I need to say I have AI because my competitor has it. Yep, I agree. Awesome. Natalie, this has been great. Um, thanks so much for joining. And, uh, you know, for anyone listening, you can check out all episodes at 10speed.io slash podcast. Uh, like and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And uh, yeah, like I said, thanks so much for joining and uh, sharing everything you did today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Nate.